0: Can we just talk about strap-ons for a second?
1: Uh, I'd love nothing more.
0: Well, you said you went to a pegging seminar. And anyway, my...
1: Pegging the stallion. Uh, What? Pegging the stallion. That was the name of the instructor.
0: I hate that that was her name. Okay, so I tried on my lovely tops strap last night. And...
1: Was this just like an around-the-waist situation or did it have the suspenders?
0: No, it's just an around-the-waist situation. It definitely feels like I'm putting on a rock climbing harness but instead of where i would clip in to belay someone i'm belay the dick you know like in full metal alchemist how they can like detach limbs and stuff because everyone's like half like automated
1: i don't but i take your point
0: anyway when we lose our limbs or decide to replace them with cool tech things i think that people should really think about having detachable dicks because it is so amazing to be able to be like yo i don't have the leg power for this like my Thick thighs were meant to shake my ass, not to thrust. I am a bottom. So when I want to like do shit with this strap, I can just take the dick off and just use my hand. Amazing. But y'all with the organic strap ons, like y'all can't do it. Y'all are just stuck.
1: I'd love to have a removable dick, that would be extremely convenient
0: exactly that's what I'm saying strap on you can change them out so like you like bigger you like smaller you like vibrating like
1: ribbed studded
0: I can't figure out how to windmill the dick though and I was so sad I like tried it but it was just so erect that I just couldn't get like a good windmill going and I think I'm too powerful with a dick and that's why I wasn't born with one
1: well strap ons aren't flaccid enough see they're they're too erect Never going to windmill properly. There's a very small window where the dick's not too flaccid, but it's not too erect. That's when the windmill really works.
0: I need it to be made out of more like gelatin type material. I need it to be made out of the thing they make those like stretchy, silly hands out of. Oh,
1: yeah, gelatin still does. Yeah, I think they make those.
0: I need a dick like that that I can put into my strap on so I can windmill my dick because if I had an actual dick, like that is all I would do all day long. Okay, we need to start the show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The
0: presence of the devil is very real. With homosexuality, the world is the worst that it has ever been.
1: I am the enemy of your I am the Hey, everybody, and welcome to "How Gay Thou Art," a queer comedy podcast about growing up evangelical. My name is Clint Keller. He, him, his.
0: I'm Jay Austin. They, them, theirs. I've been watching so many science videos lately that just teach about, like, human origins and the last human and, like, what we have to do about climate change and, like, all of this stuff. And it's just so wild, like... Educating myself now outside of a Christian nationalist education, there's so many things out there. There's so much purpose. There's so much life. It's so beautiful. Like, the more I learn, the more I feel like I don't know. I was told that the dinosaurs and the Jurassic, that was like 4,000 years ago or something.
1: Well, Jay, you're in luck. Because today, for our very first episode, we're taking it all the way back to the beginning. We're going to be discussing young earth creationism and its most famous proponent, Ken Ham. Oh, my God.
0: I cannot wait.
1: And we'll also be talking about the way the religious right approaches science in general. But first, our sources: Evolution versus Creationism by Eugenie Scott. It's a science textbook primarily teaches evolution, but debunks creationism along the way. Personally, I found it very accessible. I highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in learning more about this topic. On the other end of the spectrum, I read Ken Ham's most famous book, The Lie: Colon Evolution. <laughs> Uh, as well as one of his kids' books titled The New Answers Book, which I actually read as a kid.
0: Okay, so you just went straight up and read all of his texts.
1: Oh, no, I didn't even come close to reading them all. Uh, His bibliography, and more so the bibliography of his company, Answers to Genesis, is...
0: In preparation for this episode, I watched the Bill Nye versus Kim Ham debates. I did fall asleep halfway through both of them.
1: Yeah, they're pretty lengthy.
0: Three hours long, and poor Bill Nye just feels harassed and frazzled the whole time. I'm just... Man.
1: Well, before we talk too much about Ken and Answers to Genesis and all the crazy shit that comes along with it, tell me what role creationism played in your life.
0: So I went to a Christian school. We were taught the Earth is six thousand years old, so we were taught young Earth creationism. They kind of take science and but like a little bit of science and then just lay it over that. So they're like. Yeah, there are layers in the earth. God created earth with an apparent age to fool scientists, which is a little weird. All those fossils are just there as like a ha-ha moment to be like, isn't this cool that God hid these things there? What would be the purpose of that? To challenge your faith and to make sure that your faith remains strong. We watched like some documentary disproving everything in evolution because they don't have enough fossils to prove the links between monkeys and humans, which... That's not what evolution says anyway. I know that now. <laughs> and so we just wrote reports disproving evolution. And that was the only time we ever talked about evolution. And then when I toured like a school, because I was going to go to a different high school, uh, like a public school, like a charter school, they used like BCE and C E and I remember like asking what that was and they had evolution in their textbooks and then for their summer reading list that we had Edgar Allan Poe and my mom said absolutely not, you can't go to that school and so I got stuck in
1: Christian school for four more years. Which Edgar Allan Poe story was it? Do you remember?
0: Probably like the Raven or the one where the people are buried under the floor.
1: The Telltale Heart.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was that one. Like just normal poetry that you should like...
1: Evolution was one thing, but this gothic horror is the last straw Jay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And so even in college, like evolution was a sin for me. I took a Bachelor of Arts degree in film and digital design and whatnot. So I only had to take three classes in science and I took astronomy and then like geology and like life science courses. And I was fine at them because it was easy classes to pass.
1: My experience was very similar. I was homeschooled for the most part, went to Christian school a little bit at the time, but I was taught Young Earth Creationism in both places. 6,000-year-old Earth, uh, humans and dinosaurs coexisting, worldwide flood, the whole deal. And this wasn't like some extracurricular thing. It was in the science textbooks in lieu of evolution. And I was aware of people who bought into the whole God-using-dinosaurs-to-confuse-people thing, but we were more (laughs) in the vein of, this is real science. We have the answers. Evolution's a fantasy. Every scientist in the world is wrong somehow.
0: Yeah, makes sense. In college, once I got out of the more evangelical churches for a while, I like did a did a detox by going to uh, an Episcopal church. And I I really liked it. They were a lot more sane. My priest would do this thing where he would invite professors from the university that were professors in science. And we would go to like a bar on like Tuesday nights because he had gone to Harvard for religion. So he's just like getting them to talk about evolution and how you can believe in evolution and it's not a sin and that it's totally fine to believe that God has created all of this and you can still have your faith and believe in science. And so that was like really nice. Like having that same thing when before, like even in all of my science courses, I would say like, yes, the earth is millions of years old for like the college ones, knowing that I just have to answer this for a test, but it's not real. And I know better than the professors.
1: (laughs) This Episcopalian is really doing the Lord's work like taking these poor sheltered evangelicals and exposing them to real science
0: and it was like a lot of adults like that bar was packed there was like a hundred people in there and we're all just learning about like science for the first time it
1: was wild honestly it's not even surprising 38 percent of adults in america right now think that the earth is less than ten thousand years old that's a lot of people
0: we've got some work to do
1: It does need to be said that young earth creationism is on the extreme end of the creationism spectrum. Uh, There are plenty of Christians who believe in evolution. The ideas are not like, mutually exclusive despite what extremists like Ken Ham say it's completely possible to believe in science and believe in God but generally speaking when creationism is discussed in America and certainly when we discuss creationism on this show today it's specifically in reference to young earth creationism
0: like the theory about intelligent design that one is a little bit less young earth creationism but it just believes that like God said it, and bang, it happened. That's the Big Bang.
1: And that's the only version of creationism that makes sense, really, right? Because it doesn't contradict what we know to be true. If you want to believe God is the origin of the Big Bang or whatever, more power to you. That doesn't change the science, and it isn't provable either way. It still doesn't belong in science class. Uh, It isn't science. So let's talk about YEC's biggest fanboy, Ken Ham. Uh, What do you know about him, Jay?
0: What I know of Ken Ham is... He's a guy who built an ark out in Kentucky... And he debates with Bill Nye, the science guy. I know that he's been in some like Christian nationalist documentaries lately, but also Answers in Genesis, I think he's related to. And they did like a road show when I was a kid and came to my town.
1: Lucky you.
0: Yeah. There was a um, skull thing that was like supposed to be a dinosaur skull, but we could make it into a dragon if we wanted. They were showing how easily a dinosaur skull could just become a dragon like dragons are real because dinosaurs are real and that's like the thing that they talk about in like job or something they mention like a giant lizard and so that's what i know about ken ham.
1: <laughs> all of that is absolutely correct ken ham is an australian christian fundamentalist young earth creationist and apologist and former public high school teacher who currently lives in the u.s He's the founder, CEO, and former president of Answers in Genesis, uh, otherwise known as AIG. And he's been doing this a long time and is very well known in evangelical circles. His company describes itself as an American fundamentalist Christian apologetics parachurch organization. That is a mouthful.
0: So when we say parachurch, we just mean like a church related organization. Some stuff's nonprofit,
1: some stuff's for profit. It's just. Exactly. They're not a church, but they are evangelizing, and they're the number one proponent of young earth creationism in the world. Their reach is unbelievable. Got it. Answers in Genesis also owns and operates the extremely popular Creation Museum in Petersburg, Kentucky. And then they recently opened a new attraction called The Ark Encounter, which is a quote unquote life-size reproduction of Noah's Ark. In addition to the physical attractions, they distribute a huge library of books and music and movies. They even have their own streaming service now, which I subscribed to in preparation for this episode.
0: Oh, is there a streaming service? Is it like PureFlix or a, like Netflix kind of thing? No, no, no. Like- it's
1: all original content.
0: So like Discovery Channel kind of stuff?
1: Sort of. There's a lot of just like straight up seminars and sermons from Ken Ham and other people in the organization. There's a lot of quote unquote documentaries that have little to no scientific basis. But it seems like their bread and butter is primarily kids content. And that can be said about the company in general.
0: So it's mainly towards children.
1: That's what they put most of their time and effort into for sure. They're making costumes, they got production design, they write scripts. I mean, the bar isn't very high, but there is a lot of it.
0: So it's not a high production value, the streaming
1: service. Uh, The quality on it's fine, it's passable as a kid's show from the 90s. The information contained therein (laughs) could be a little misleading. So let's talk a bit about the specific and more peculiar beliefs that come along with young earth creationism. The first one upon which the rest of them are based really is biblical literalism. Answers in Genesis and well, young earth creationists in general contend that the book of Genesis is to be literally believed on all matters, both historic and scientific, even though there is no science in it.
0: Which is wild because it's so poetic. It's literally like... It's a story, but it's also poetry and all this different stuff that's been passed down. It's another creation myth. And when you start studying other world creation myths, like the the one from the Vikings lord, Odin, and he like created man out of an ash tree and an elm tree and called them Ask and Embla. Like that sounds so much like Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Like you can just see like where these stories have blended over time. And so Taking a 2,000-year-old document that we don't even have the originals of.
1: I mean, we're talking about the Old Testament here, so it's even older than that, really.
0: And all of the crazy translations that have happened in it, and then saying, this is real, and we're going to use this as a basis for science rather than science, which starts with observation and then hypothesis, and then you do experiments and tests.
1: What's interesting, though, is that Cam doesn't take everything in the Bible, literally, and he mocks people who do. Um, anything else in the Bible that is objectively untrue, right, he'll chalk that up to being poetic. Like, the Bible references the four corners of the earth. That verse was used you know, as the basis for the belief that the Earth is flat for centuries. Now that we've been to space and observed that we're in fact living on an orb, that verse is clearly incorrect. Ham says all the time that verses like that are obviously allegorical, but Genesis is not for some reason. The next big tenet of YEC is, of course, the Age of the Earth. It's where it gets its name, age of the universe, really, they insist that it is about 6,000 years old. Some of the more quote unquote liberal proponents would go as high as 12,000 years, but that's the limit, really. I do want to be clear that nowhere in the Bible is there an age of the earth given. They get this number solely by adding up the lineage of people listed in the Old Testament. So the whole, you know, so and so begat so and so bit. But even if we don't consider the major logical flaws in that method, there's tons of scientific ways we can refute this idea of a young earth like literally nothing we can observe in the known universe supports the idea of a young earth and we could talk all day about reasons why this is bullshit but there's one reason that i'm particularly fond of and what really broke the illusion of young earth creationism for me when i was younger and this is the thing that really got me because it's something that young earth creationists don't really have an answer for although they do make a couple bizarre attempts But anyway, what I'm referring to is the starlight problem.
0: Oh, I love this.
1: So we have stars that are millions of light years away, right? Right. And of course, a light year is the distance it takes light to travel in a year. So if we can see the light from stars that are millions of light years away, it means that light has been traveling for millions of years to get to us so that we can see it and that one like really blew my fucking mind when I was like 19.
0: It's wild, and it's so interesting, and it's so cool to learn about because it's stuff i never learned. I, I just learned about the starlight problem like from Hank Green in a TikTok this year, and it blew my mind.
1: <laughs> it's just such an obvious and apparent thing that I had never, ever considered before that moment. And of course, Ken Ham's number one explanation for this is uh, magic. He says that God... Created the universe in such a way that the light was just already here, uh, which I guess is a convenient way to get out of that.
0: I've heard like that it's like, oh, God created the stars and stuff, and like those days that it says in the Bible, there's another place where it says each day is like a thousand years to God.
1: That's what they call the day age theory. It's a little more lenient than young earth creationism. And it's something a lot of people subscribe to. Uh, The basic idea is that the word day in Genesis is metaphorical.
0: Metaphorical, but it has to be exactly a thousand years.
1: Not necessarily. Some people use day-age theory to account for billions of years. Ken Ham, of course, does not subscribe to this theory. In his kid's book that I read, the the New Answers book, he hypothesizes, uh, without evidence of any kind, that the Earth had some sort of enhanced gravitational pull during the early days of creation, and it like created some sort of time slip and pulled the starlight to us at a rapid pace. It, it was very confusing and total nonsense.
0: One of the most freeing things for me... About learning more about evolution, mainly because of this podcast episode, (laughs) Mm -hmm. has been, wow, we are significant, but we are also insignificant in this vast scheme of things.
1: Honestly, I prefer it that way.
0: Yeah, we don't have to be the center of everything. But for these religions to exist, you do have to be the sinner because otherwise why would a god care about you and that placing humans above all other things because that's another thing that you'll see with the creation story like man had the power to name everything man is over these things which is why we're allowed to hunt which is why we're allowed to raise cattle and do all the agricultural stuff It's like all those justifications.
1: I think you're absolutely right. And part of the core of what makes this idea so appealing to people and why so many people continue to believe in young earth creationism is because they have some sort of deep rooted need to feel special in some way. I I actually got an email from a religious right organization just the other day, and it was all about how aliens can't possibly exist because God made the universe for humans In humans alone. And if they do exist, they're all going to hell because Christ only died for humans. Or maybe they just don't have souls and they're like animals, so they'll just die. Like, where do these people get off? Anyway, moving on. Another YEC belief that goes along with the age of the earth is the age of people in biblical times. They claim that Adam lived to be 930 years old which is pretty wild considering how young they think the earth is.
0: Okay. Does it say that in the Bible?
1: Well, yeah, it does say that plenty of other biblical characters supposedly lived just as long, if not longer like Methuselah, but, If he did live 930 years and the world itself is only 6,000 years old, that means Adam would have been alive for 15.5% of the entire history of the universe.
0: Could you imagine?
1: I'm only 30 and I'm worn out already. I mean, Jesus Christ, I can't live 900 more years.
0: Your body would just be... You'd have to be built different.
1: Well, Ham argues that they were, actually. This stems from a doctrine Christians hold more generally. Um, the fall uh, most people know this story but basically everything was perfect in the garden of eden then adam and eve ate the forbidden fruit and everything went to shit and sin and death entered the world yada 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 so from a yuc perspective the beginning of time was the pinnacle of human health and we've been on the decline ever since That's why people don't live hundreds and hundreds of years anymore.
0: That's what's so wild to me. I was talking to someone about that literally yesterday. I was like, didn't humans like live like 900 years back in the day? And they just looked at me like, what? No, like it was like before modern medicine. Like, it's like you have demons in your blood, go do cocaine about it. Like it's not.
1: (laughs) I mean, when you put it that way, it makes me feel like ancient medicine was better. (laughs)
0: That's not ancient. That's just, like, a few years ago. But, like, we still kind of do that, you know? With ADHD, like, we just give you, like, legal meth and are just like, here you go.
1: But, yeah, the biggest flaw in this theory is obviously the fact that human lifespans have been steadily getting longer for hundreds of years now because of modern science. I think this whole train of thought stems from the evangelical idea that the world is getting culturally worse all the time. And, look, we have our fair share of problems today, obviously, but... More people have food than ever before. More people are housed than ever before. To say things are generally worse now than they were thousands of years ago is completely fucking insane. A footnote belief that Ken Ham promotes in relation to this is an insanely high pre-flood human population we'll get to the flood itself in a second here but god this is so dumb so the flood allegedly happened about 4500 years ago so following their timeline the earth would have been about 1500 years old in his book ham says that the human population may have been as high as 4 billion at that time
0: Do we have actual evidence to support
1: that? No, no, no. Absolutely not. There's zero evidence to support this idea. I mean, hell, there are only 7.7 billion people on the planet today. The math for this is built entirely on the idea, I guess, that everyone is living a really long time and that no one is dying early, which goes against everything we know about the ancient world.
0: Yeah, like the infant death rate.
1: Yeah, exactly. Completely ridiculous. And again, that is not in the Bible. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that. So the flood, God's judgment for the wickedness of early man. And this is really the core of young earth creationism in a lot of ways. What do you remember learning about the flood and Noah's Ark?
0: We learned Noah took all of the animals to the Ark two by two, probably took dinosaurs on the Ark maybe. And also that there were certain special like pure animals that he took seven of so like certain doves certain ravens and the raven was actually bad because it didn't come back so it was like not a good bird but like the dove is like holy and sanctified
1: there's that at your Poe creeping in again
0: exactly that's what i'm saying that raven said never more bye bitch
1: what i think's interesting is that there are strikingly similar flood myths that can be found all around the world so like some kind of major water related disaster almost certainly happened right to early humans just not the way ken ham says it did
0: there are still people who go around and like look for the ark somewhere in the himalayas because they believe that it's just on top of a mountain somewhere But the thing is, there are a lot of flood myths within the world's mythology, and one of them is the flood myth of Gilgamesh, and it is so similar to the story of Noah, and it was just like mind-boggling for me.
1: What's crazy is this is clearly a mythology that's shared around the world, but we were told that the existence of other flood myths were just proof of the Noah narrative, that all the other cultures just ripped off the Bible, basically. Which is ridiculous, because like you said, we've got the Gilgamesh story, which predates the Old Testament. But beyond the myth aspect, the flood is just sort of a catch-all for anything young Earth creationists can't explain. They'd have you believe that the planet and the life on it was completely different before the flood, so any scientific method used to date anything beyond 4,500 years ago is invalid to them.
0: Well, and that's where they believe a lot of these fossils came from, too. That's what I remember of learning.
1: Absolutely. They say the fossil record and like geological layers are all a result of the flood. They use the Grand Canyon as an example of this. Of course, the most obvious fallacy here is that nowhere on the planet do fossil layers from different time periods overlap each other. It is like remarkably consistent. If all these animals, dinosaurs and humans and woolly mammoths were all alive at the same time, the bones would be all jumbled up. Not perfectly fucking layered.
0: Maybe the velociraptors just got buried in a mass grave. That that woolly mammoths dug, okay?
1: Maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. I just, uh, you really have to turn your brain off for any of this to make sense.
0: The flood in Noah's Ark is actually really important. One of the biggest tourist destinations for Christian homeschoolers is Ken Ham's Answers in Genesis Creation Museum, the Ark Encounter. Aren't they like the biggest creationist organization?
1: Oh, yeah, by far, by far.
0: Absolutely. So this is like the heart of creationism right here and science misinformation.
1: Oh, absolutely. People will come from around the world. When they first opened the Ark Encounter, they got like 800,000 visitors that year.
0: This is recent. Yeah. But they didn't, they did it with like cement and stuff. They did a life size replica, quote unquote. But when he's going through with like Bill Nye, Bill Nye points out it will not float. Yeah. He's like, you didn't try this arc out. Like, if you wanted to try it out for real, why is it built with cement? Why didn't you like do a historical building of it? And then he's like, well, we can't use all these old tools. But then they have all these old tools on display. Yeah. And he was like, this is probably what they used. And he's like, but isn't it beautiful?
1: It's, uh, it's a really surreal place. It answers the question, what if you opened a science museum but just uh, fabricated absolutely everything on display?
0: In the documentary, there's a microbiologist who gets her degree from Ohio State University. And
1: you're talking about one of the staff scientists at Answers in Genesis. I
0: looked up her like stuff and she was never really on research projects she was only like the second or third person like undersigned in all these studies it was just wild like looking at all of the stuff and there was actually a scientist who was looking into it trying to talk about like I don't understand. Like, where is the research? Why are they doing this? None of this is accurate.
1: I mean, serious scientists won't even bother giving these people a rebuttal. Back when the Ham-Nye debate first happened, I remember a lot of discussion around whether or not Bill Nye should even bother debating Ken Ham. I I think uh, Richard Dawkins was sort of on the forefront of that he thought it was a terrible idea the argument being of course that bill even acknowledging someone as crazy as ken ham gives him a level of clout that he wouldn't otherwise have sort of legitimized him as someone worth debating
0: i think that bill nye actually i think it was a good thing that he did it personally and this is why i know it's shedding a light on ken ham and stuff like that but there are you know you said 38% 38% of Americans believe in young earth creationism.
1: Well, 38% believe the earth is less than 10,000 years old. But yeah, tomato, tomato.
0: So I think that it is super important for Bill Nye to do this because, like, when Bill Nye came to my town when he was touring.
1: Hold up. You got to see Ken Ham and Bill Nye as a kid? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs>
0: Anyway, the whole time I was watching Bill Nye, I was like praying to myself that I wouldn't get like encouraged by evolution. So I wasn't really like focusing on Bill Nye. But yeah.
1: Oh, so you didn't learn anything there either.
0: No, I don't remember it. Like I barely remember it. I just remember that it was a sin that I was even going. But I went with my school and that I knew that everyone at my church was protesting that he was there. So I was just like, hey, hey,
1: hey, hey, hey. Well, you were protesting in your heart.
0: Yeah, but anyway, and so Bill Nye, I think because he was very active and a science educator for kids at the time, when Ken Ham was active when I was a kid, it was important to see someone else you just don't you don't see outside of creationism.
1: Well, yeah. You know, maybe you're right, because somebody who got a normal education, somebody who believes in science and evolution or whatever, if they watch the Ham debate, it's pretty unlikely that they're going to jump ship to Ken Ham's side because nothing he says makes any fucking sense. But if somebody who grew up like us watches it, that might be their only exposure to the other side. It was the first time I had learned a lot of that stuff, to be honest. I was a freshman in college, I think, when the first one happened.
0: Absolutely. So that's why I think it's super important that Bill Nye did it. Cause there were so many people standing around trying to question him because they were so mad that he was even there, like as he's walking through the arc and he was very like flustered the entire time. Like I was stressed out just watching him.
1: Uh, well, that's something we should make clear. There are two ham nigh debates. The first one was widely broadcast. It was a traditional debate. That's the one most people remember. And then shortly after that, There was a follow-up where Bill Nye went to the Ark encounter, the life-size reproduction of the Ark, and toured it with Ken Ham, and they debated along the way.
0: I think it was important for what he had to say because the talking points that he brings up weren't the talking points that we were taught to combat evolution with. He was just bringing up actual observable quick facts and fallacies within our flawed thinking that I had just not thought of.
1: Yeah, it it made me incredibly sad, actually. Like there were these kids coming up to Bill Nye and like confronting him with their internalized indoctrination pseudoscience. And it wasn't, like, mean-spirited or anything. That They just truly believed that they were right and Bill Nye was wrong and that all scientists are wrong. I would have been flustered, too. But 20 years ago, I would have been one of the kids grilling him. You know what? I, I, I've always leaned toward thinking Nye agreeing to debate Ken Ham was a bad idea. But I think you've changed my mind.
0: Aw, oh, thanks.
1: <laughs> this is actually a good segue into uh, what I think is probably the most dangerous YEC ideology, climate change denial. Bill Nye said he only agreed to debate Ken Ham because he wanted to raise awareness about climate change, uh, specifically to people who dismiss it or ignore it or don't hear a lot about it, which is basically anyone on the religious right. Young Earth creationists and, frankly, conservative Christians in general, uh, outright deny climate change is happening on this planet at all, uh, despite it being an objective observable fact. But like most of this shit, their reasoning is not uh, scientific as much as it is theological. To understand what they believe, you have to go from the first book of the Bible to the last book of the Bible, Revelations. And just as they believe Genesis is literal history, they believe Revelations is literal prophecy, and will play out exactly as foretold in that book, despite the fact that that book barely makes any fucking sense to begin with. Anyway, the short of it is they they believe the end of the world will happen in a Tim LaHaye left behind type scenario. So, their argument is that they know how the world will end. It doesn't say anything about climate change in revelations. So, we don't need to worry about it. I always go back to the argument I hear Christians make all the time the old, like, uh, if I follow Jesus, but he isn't real, what have I lost? But if I forsake him and he is real, I have everything to lose and I'll burn in hell forever. But the same logic applies here right? Like, if we care for our planet, as God ordered us to do, by the way, what do we have to lose? The, the biblical tribulation happens someday, but in the meantime, we have a healthier, cleaner planet, God forbid. But if Revelations turns out to be the psychedelic ravings of an ancient madman and Jesus never returns, we're all going to literally burn alive. The irony of this is that they're creating what they fear most, a literal hell on earth, right now
0: we're going through an extinction right now caused by us like like you know how the dinosaurs went extinct from an asteroid no we're going extinct because we fucking like to drive cars instead of wanting to work together to make trains like it's really that simple There are a lot of niche things within Christianity. One of the things that I was raised with was Christian parodies of songs. So on the way to school, when I was going to public school, the people that I rode with were Christian homeschoolers and they would drop me off.
1: Wait, but where were they going?
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: Why would you ride to public (laughs) school with a bunch of homeschoolers? Didn't you have buses?
0: The girl that lived across the street from me was their cousin and she went to school with me. So it would be me and her that they would drop off and the homeschoolers would just, I guess, go get like donuts and go back home and start school. They were also doing it for their cousin that lived next door to them. So I was just another.
1: Still never drove my cousin to school. Well,
0: at the time, it was like the early 2000s, Y2K and Bone um, Bone. and Gold Digger was popular. (laughs) 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 I can't say that with goodness. And we would listen to an anti-evolution version of Gold Digger instead called Bone Digger. Love that. And I have the lyrics here in front of me.
1: Oh, my God. Yes. Sing it.
0: (laughs) Okay. So it starts off because, you know, it's like... They make a monkey right out of me. Yes, they've been trying endlessly. Over eager bone diggers. They never found that jigsaw piece. (laughs) And then the beat picks up. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) now I ain't hating on the bone diggers, but I never see no holes bigger. (laughs) It sounds like no evidence found. Uh. It sounds like their head's in the ground. Uh, It sounds like they're just too proud. Uh, it sounds quite boneheaded. And then it's talking about like, it goes wow. into like Darwin and stuff. And it talks about like.
1: This is the perfect mashup. They could not have picked a better 2000s pop song for an anti-evolution parody. 10 out of 10.
0: Straight up, it's like, you know, evolutionate. It's like, I found trilobites in stone in some petrified trees. You know, evolutionate paleontology. It's like, it goes on.
1: I'll tell you one thing. Gandhi never worked trilobites into a rap, so I'm pretty fucking impressed. I gotta (laughs) say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, it's like dads that should be in a ska band singing this. Like, you know that they wear, like, a newsy cap as they're rapping about (laughs) anti-evolution.
1: Well, you couldn't have picked a better Christian musical parody to bring us to our next topic of discussion. This is everyone's favorite part of Young Earth Creationism, and it's what Ken Ham built his empire on, really. The goddamn dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Do you know what Ken Ham calls dinosaurs? I
0: do, but I can't wait for you to say it, so go. You do the honors. Missionary lizards. (laughs) (laughs) He straight up says, You can use dinosaurs to witness to other people because they're just like they're they're missionary lizards. You can use dinos. And he goes and he makes kids chant this back at him. And what do we call dinosaurs? And all the kids are like missionary, missionary lizards. lizards. You know, I'm thinking like missionary positions, some lizard people sex, but
1: hears about doggy style amphibians
0: can we make a? uh
1: that's a band name right there
0: i was gonna say a porn but okay
1: <laughs> can you craft us some amphibian suits
0: yeah 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 i'll just i'll sew them we'll just get some yeah yeah anyway so missionary lizards <laughs>
1: the thing about missionary lizards uh aka dinosaurs is that they're the crux of answers in genesis really because answers in genesis is largely geared towards children and what kid doesn't fucking love dinosaurs I love dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are fucking sick. Jurassic Park is my favorite movie.
0: Yeah. Dinotopia.
1: Velocipastor. You see that one? It's like a werewolf story, but he's a pastor who turns into a velociraptor.
0: Oh. In Kung Fury, he goes back and there's like dinosaurs that shoot lasers out of their eyes, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember that. Uh, Anyway, dinosaurs. Kid Ham would have you believe that humans and dinosaurs existed on this planet at the same time only a few thousand years ago. Uh, He even says that Noah brought baby dinosaurs on the ark, they survived the flood, and then they all inexplicably died shortly thereafter, possibly, according to Ham, due to an ice age. And also, according to Ham, the post-flood ice age is the only ice age that the Earth has ever experienced.
0: How many ice ages has the Earth actually
1: had, according to science? Five, I think. And the first one was two billion years ago or something, not 4,500?
0: I don't know. I've only seen like four Ice Age movies, so that's how many my guess is. Right, right, right.
1: So there are at least four.
0: (laughs) Yeah. In the fifth one, the squirrel gets its nut or whatever.
1: The squirrel gets his nut. (laughs) You mentioned this earlier, but AIG frequently references dragons uh, as if they're real animals and not mythological creatures. They basically contend that humans and dinosaurs coexisted on earth so our dragon myths must stem from ancient people interacting with dinosaurs that they're not a product of fantasy they were real just like in game of thrones
0: i feel like they could have just killed off the dinosaurs in the flood and they would have been like way better off but they have to keep them in because of that
1: verse in job legitimizing dragons is pretty far out there but Honestly, it's not even close to being the most outlandish claim Ken Ham makes about dinosaurs. Missionary lizards. And as a kid, I wanted to prove this theory correct so fucking bad. But Ham claims that there may well be dinosaurs still alive on Earth right now. And I don't mean like birds or whatever, you know, dinosaurs evolved into. I mean actual dinosaurs he believes it's possible if not likely jurassic park style dinosaurs can be found somewhere on this planet today
0: yeah we just haven't found them yet
1: he literally says that the only way we could ever know one way or the other is if we could somehow see everywhere on earth at the same time and only god can do that obviously
0: we can we have gps
1: and this insanity goes well beyond ken ham there were people that mounted an expedition just in 2019 to go look for living dinosaurs in remote parts of Africa.
0: Is that like a mission trip? You like sign up to go look for dinosaurs?
1: Kinda. I mean, it was religiously affiliated, obviously. Um, No serious scientists are taking up this mantle. But these people claim to be, you know, real explorers, modern day Indiana Jones for Jesus types. They're going to go look for dinosaurs and knowing Christian history, probably kill them and bring back their carcasses. Colonized dinosaurs. (laughs) Jesus. I full-on believed this when I was a kid, that there is still dinosaurs to be found out there. And I'm sure you can understand how brokenhearted I was when I realized that that is, in fact, not true.
0: But, but Daddy Ham said so.
1: Another thing that's kind of funny is how Ken Ham rides pop culture waves, which is something that evangelicals do in general all the time Mm -hmm. in his kids book that i read there's a missionary lizard glossary in the back that teaches you about different kinds of dinosaurs i guess you can use that information to witness to your friends but there are 300 or so dinosaur species that have been found but every single dinosaur that ken ham features in his book can also be seen in jurassic park evangelicals are always doing this shit they talk about how much they hate secular culture and media and then they just go make the exact same thing with a jesus sticker slapped on it yeah so there's no good way to segue into this next topic but i do want to take a second and talk about something that is far less fun than missionary lizards racism and we're going to touch on like some other discriminatory issues uh within AIG2 in a minute like homophobia and transphobia but Ken Ham makes a point to regularly insist that he is not a racist which is kind of a red flag in itself uh he's one of these you know colorblind race doesn't exist people like
0: there's only one race it's the human race
1: exactly of course this is a well known tactic used by racists to dismiss any concerns about systemic racism or inequality
0: he's an all lives matter guy that's
1: the most succinct way to put it yes he's an all lives matter guy
0: okay this yeah where he like thinks that he would be good by saying all lives
1: matter I mean it makes sense that he's constantly having to say he isn't racist because the website of his company answers in genesis is regularly putting out blatantly racist shit it's just article after article criticizing black lives matter and critical race theory and a lot of it is written in a tone that suggests they're aware their audience is also kind of racist
0: is it only white people that work there
1: I mean, I doubt it's exclusively white people. It's a pretty big company, but the media they put out is overwhelmingly white. It's kind of like the Republican Party. It isn't entirely made up of white people, but whiteness is the vibe.
0: Well, they are in Kentucky.
1: Okay, well, there are a lot of non-white people in Kentucky.
0: Well, yeah. Well, there also are, are a lot of requirements for working there that they make you sign about your personal life.
1: Yeah, and this can carry us into the homophobia and transphobia bit. Uh, the employment docs are super fucked up, actually. You have to sign a document that says you view homosexuality on par with bestiality, incest, prostitution, and abuse. And more recently, they added a similar statement equating, quote, any attempt to change one's gender or disagreement with one's biological gender.
0: Interesting that they added those anti-trans language.
1: Answers in Genesis, I've really, really been harping on trans issues for the past year or so. Uh, There are dozens and dozens of anti-trans propaganda pieces on their website. Articles, seminars, videos, you name it.
0: So that's probably where the church is going to pivot for the next decade or two is going to be trans rights. So it's just going to get worse before it gets better. Like
1: Yeah, I, I, I think this will continue to be a major talking point for the religious right for the foreseeable future. Uh, it's their new soapbox.
0: Yeah, so that's why it can be like funny, like ha ha, like missionary lizards, but at the end of the day, like Answers in Genesis is contributing to a huge bit of misinformation and it's a little bit too recent like the The ark being built in just 2016. Like, all of this stuff is very real, very active in the Christian circles right now.
1: And you may be asking yourself, or us, why a pseudoscience organization whose alleged goal is teaching about earthly origins is so concerned with contemporary hot-button issues like CRT and trans rights. It's because... It was never about the age of the earth or the flood or what happened to the fucking dinosaurs. It's all a Trojan horse for extremism. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what most people think about how the universe came to be, right? That in and of itself has very little bearing on our daily lives. But Ken Ham and people like him use those silly beliefs as a sort of springboard to impose far right political ideas on their followers. It literally says on Answers in Genesis' website that if you don't subscribe to young earth creationism, you're a, quote, compromised Christian. He ropes people in, particularly children, with fantastical stories about dragons and epic tales of worldwide floods. Then he positions himself as the sole arbiter of true science. And it's one thing, if we're talking about dinosaurs, but if you get on the Answers in Genesis' website right now, you'll barely see anything about creationism in the recent posts. It's all religious right political propaganda. But they continue claiming scientific superiority and then they weaponize that to do things like invalidate the existence of queer people. It's fucking diabolical. And it's just
0: the beginning of the Christian nationalist worldview and so this is just one of the many parachurch organizations that do similar things like, to, like focus on the family as another one where it's Creating a lot of Christian think pieces around topics so that they can move the Christian nationalist people to vote in such a way. And so it it does affect our daily lives, even if I don't want Noah's Ark out in Kentucky to affect my daily life. (laughs) But it is.
1: It just makes me so fucking angry because he just outright lies to people about science and they believe it. Because it validates their worldview. Like, there's quite a bit of biological evidence to support the validity of homosexuality, right? I don't feel like any of us need to be justified by some sort of scientific experiment, but like...
0: yeah. But it's so cool to learn about queerness within other species because I feel like it kind of validates. Like finding out like, oh, male penguins, they care, like two males will like adopt like a little baby penguin egg and there's like gay penguin babies. I
1: actually just read an AIG article about the gay penguin thing. Oh, goodness. I'll tell you their explanation for it. And this kind of answer is very common because... When they get backed into a scientific corner, they just start weaponizing the Bible instead of pseudoscience. But basically, the existence of homosexuality in the animal kingdom is undeniable at this point, right? And Ken Ham knows that. So their argument now is that animals exhibit all kinds of behaviors that we don't find acceptable in humans. They murder each other. They eat their young. They shit wherever they want. So therefore, observing a behavior in animals doesn't validate it as a human behavior, according to
0: Ken Ham. Yeah, except Christians have been murdering people for thousands of years. If you've seen how, like, America was founded on slaughter, like, fucking...
1: Of course. I mean, it's, um, it's a very weak argument, but it's a hill they plan to die on. Hopefully sooner rather than later.
0: Okay, so you've said that it's a chosen horse, and we've talked a little bit more about that, but young earth creationism, like, I thought... That, at least in public school, that hasn't been taught. But you mentioned a little bit that it might be.
1: No creationism of any kind is supposed to be taught in public schools. But, of course, that isn't exactly the reality. There have been several cases in the past few years where public school teachers have been caught sneaking creationism into the classroom. Even more prevalent is teachers just omitting evolution altogether right and just not talking about origins at all there's a big blow up in louisiana back in 2014 where a teacher handed out a quiz in science class and one of the questions read isn't it amazing what the blank has made
0: isn't it amazing what the zaddy has made? Like, what what are we supposed to insert there? Yeah,
1: you could get half a point for zaddy.
0: And what did this kid write in?
1: Well, the kid complained, so I guess the kid wrote, go fuck yourself. But <laughs> yeah, it's still happening. And to be fair, I don't like expect a big resurgence of creationism in the public school classroom. But the problem is that, like we said earlier... of Americans already believe this. And we're just talking about public schools here. We aren't even taking into account the hundreds of thousands of kids that are being taught this every single day in private Christian schools and in homeschool. And this is a topic we are actually going to be tackling uh, in a future episode here in a few weeks. So stay tuned if you want to learn more about Christian curriculum.
0: Taking creationism out of schools makes Christians think that they are a target for something so they think that they're being martyred they believe that christianity is
1: under attack absolutely it's persecution complex 101 phrases you hear a lot are like equal time and teach the controversy but the truth is there is no controversy this is settled scientific fact there's nothing to debate And, of course, they don't want any other possible origin stories taught, right? They frame it as if there's two options, Christian creationism and evolution. But really, it's science versus literally any other explanation.
0: Yeah, but the way that I was taught it was creationism is real, evolution is just some theory that they're trying. That's the thing. They teach it that evolution is a theory. And so what they don't teach is what floored me the first time I watched Crash Course Big History. And she said, a theory means something that's tested and true, kind of like the theory of gravity. When I drop something, it's going to drop just because we know it. And that's the theory of gravity, just like it's the theory of evolution. And I was like, oh, my God, because it's it's what – the rest of science is based on. So there's so much science to back it up, like archaeological evidence and, like, carbon dating and, like, they're finding more links, like, every single day to just really, like, flesh this, like, this is observation and what has come through just looking at the Earth and seeing what's in front of your eyes. Anyway... And i stop preaching, but yeah.
1: (laughs) You're 100% right. And that's one of the most fundamental problems. They are misrepresenting scientific terms and principles to children. I was never taught that either. I was also told that evolution is just a theory, but in scientific terms, a theory is more absolute than a fact.
0: Yes, it's amazing. Just learning tiny little bits like this, I just get so excited. Okay, I'm, you know.
1: And fully buying into young earth creationism is about way more than just not believing in evolution like that's how they try to frame it they say that you know we just that we we're scientists we just don't believe in evolution but really it requires you to disregard basically every school of scientific thought that we have biology geology astronomy archaeology uh, paleontology paleobotany climate science carbon dating radiometric dating lots of other stuff too probably literally nothing we know about the universe supports any possibility except evolution over billions of years and they are indoctrinating children to disbelieve the most basic facts about our universe not only is it abusive to the kid but it's going to fucking kill us all if people don't start grappling with the reality of our current climate situation.
0: I just think it's insane. They built an ark out in Kentucky. This is just one part of this insane parachurch thing where they're literally, they've got arms and articles. They've got like people on the ground trying to get creationism back in schools. Like I just thought that we were over this. It's still like very, very relevant. It's just like a little bit disconcerting. (laughs)
1: Well, Jay, I think that's pretty much it. Missionary lizards. If you happen to come across any in the remote regions of the world, please let me know. I would love to change careers and become a dinosaur hunter.
0: Could we, uh, can, yeah, can we just go dinosaur, not, not hunting, I just want to see them.
1: I don't mean hunting as in I'm going to murder the dinosaurs. <laughs> I want to go dinosaur watching, I guess. You know, when you say bird watching, I feel like it applies a very peaceful activity. Like you're walking through a park or a nature reserve, you got binoculars on and you're just watching these birds. But then what what if it was just me and you lost somewhere in an African jungle looking for dinosaurs?
0: (laughs) naked and afraid the show but it's just us but we're dinosaur hunting we're like no we're gonna find him and then we just get mauled by like a jaguar and die you know i get it though because there was someone scrolling google maps just the other day that found this lost city Because people just don't have the time to go through all of the GPS data that we have.
1: I'm sure there's plenty of interesting shit left to discover in the world, but I just feel like living dinosaurs are something someone would have documented by now, right?
0: I saw a TikTok sound today and it said, if I die dumb, take the video and put it on YouTube for everyone to see. And I was like, yep.
1: Well, if we do mount this expedition, we are strapping GoPros to everything. Because you better believe I am not missing the shot. I don't care if I have to get eaten for it.
0: I am so ready to go hunt dinosaurs with you. Like, we're going to find them. We're going to do it.
1: Well, let's wrap this up. Jay, where can people find us?
0: We are How Gay Thou Art at pretty much everything. So Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We haven't actually posted on TikTok. Don't get me wrong. And then howgaythouart.com. If you have any crazy things that you want to email us, stories you remember going to the Kenham Road Show or anything like that, we would love to hear and read about. Um, if your family took a trip to the Ark, like. Please tell me about it. If you want me and Clint to go to the Ark, I would have to dress in, like, Christian drag, but I'd do it. Like, let me know.
1: Oh, we're definitely doing that. It's really not that far from Chicago.
0: That's absolutely something that's happening. Also, side note, I remembered something else about the Answers in Genesis Show. They brought a magician and had those, like, magic ring things. And then they're like, see how they come apart? And I'm like, why do you need a magician to trick people.
1: Oh yeah, I've seen a few of those evangelizing magicians. Sorry to say, honestly, I I think it's kind of effective.
0: The ones where they go and then they show you, see, magic isn't real, but you know what God is. And they
1: do the little bit, with the three rings to represent the Trinity because they're just three parts of the whole or whatever.
0: That's what they did. They were using all that stuff to witness. It's like a magic show for Jesus, and that was part of Answers in Genesis, and I remember that.
1: Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today for our very first episode. We will see you again in two weeks for a. Halloween special on Hell Houses. My name's Clint Keller. He, him.
0: And I am Jay Austin. My pronouns are they, them.
1: And this is How Gay thou Art. I'm climbing to new heights. Call me the next trilobite.
0: Yeah, I... I can't.
1: I might be small, but I got a lot of might. I'm a rock-hard ancient trilobite. Are you... this This is a great freestyle.